0: Welcome to the second episode of Sexplanations, an escorts A to Z of sex, the podcast that covers everything you ever wanted to know about sex and then some. I'm Ginger, your host and resident expert. I hope you've all had a good couple of weeks. Uh, sorry this episode is late. I've been ill and it's been crazy at my nine to five. Just with the ever-changing advice from the government, we keep getting more and more emails about What's changing, what's not changing. I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat. It's madness, utter madness. I hope you've managed to uh, squeeze in a couple of uh, sexy sessions with your significant other. As a person who lives on her own, I have not. (laughs) But what I will tell you is something that I did that really demonstrates my clumsiness. I took a ride on Mr D. I attached him to the side of my bath which I normally do because it gives me a bit of stability, I can put both my feet on solid ground. I was also road testing my new butt plug and if you listen to my first episode you know that I love the butt plug. I got a bit carried away though this time and forgot that there was nothing behind me so I leaned backwards and promptly fell off the bath. Uh, so it's maybe quite a good thing that I live on my own as I didn't have to suffer the embarrassment of a housemate discovering me in quite a X-rated position. (laughs) So I hope you have all had a better experience in the bedroom over the last couple of weeks. So without further ado, let's get back into our alphabet. B is for BDSM. This is an umbrella term that covers sexual activities that involve a complementary but often unequal power dynamic. What I mean by this is that one person seemingly has all the power while the other person appears to have none. That's not necessarily the case, but outwardly, it looks like that. BDSM can be broken down into different areas, domination submission, bondage and discipline, and sadism and masochism. I first discovered BDSM after ending a relationship of around seven and a half years. We'd always had uh, a pretty vanilla sex life the most exciting thing that ever happened was we had sex on a balcony once. That was peak excitement and peak exploration for us. So when that ended, I decided that I really wanted to explore the different things that were not other than the flavour of vanilla. I joined a website. I'm pretty sure it operates globally. But don't check me on that. It's called FetLife. I made a profile. Put in what I was hoping to gain from uh, meeting people through this website. And what I liked. What I thought I might like. I met a couple of people off it. All really nice people. So if you do decide to join FetLife at the end of this. I've had great experiences from it. These people allowed me to explore this side of myself that. I hadn't encountered before and I learned through these meetings what it is that I enjoyed with BDSM and what it is that I didn't want to do anymore. It really opened my eyes and the people in the community are so great. There's absolutely no shame. You can usually go to them with questions that you have and you'll get honest answers without anyone judging you. It's it's, it's a nice community to be a part of. The key ingredients to great BDSM sessions are trust, communication, informed consent and aftercare. We all know what trust and communication is, but what about informed consent? What do I mean by that? It comes down to both parties agreeing what can happen and what absolutely cannot happen when the session starts. Beforehand, both parties will have discussed their hard limits and their soft limits, which is something we touched upon in the first episode, for example, the person taking the submissive role may have agreed to have been spanked with an open hand, but has explicitly said that they don't want to be spanked with a paddle. This could be because they don't enjoy the sensation, or they haven't built themselves up to moving on from a hand to a paddle, or it's just not for them, all of which are acceptable In reality the person doesn't have to give an excuse as to why they don't want to do something if they've said no they've said no a safe word should also have been discussed beforehand which is a word or a phrase that the submissive will say to completely stop the session it can be absolutely anything just as long as you both remember what the meaning is so when it comes to bdsm a good acronym to remember is ssc safe sane and consensual Many of you out there may have had your interest in BDSM piqued by the Fifty Shades franchise, which is absolutely fine. If that's what got you here, great. But I will say many within the community believe that the series, both the books and the films, are not an accurate representation of BDSM. One of the major components missing from the movies and the books is something called Aftercare. Now it's not like when you come in from a sunny day and you put some after sun on and you're looking after your skin, it's not a lotion in a bottle. What it is, is the time after a session that the couple takes to recover and take care of each other, both emotionally and physically. As you explore BDSM and you move on to more advanced techniques of things or more hardcore things, there could be some physical recovery that's required. So if you've spanked somebody quite hard, if you've uh, clamped their nipples for a very long time or things like that, then there will need to be some physical aftercare. So certain role plays and kinky acts can really take it out of you both physically and emotionally and it can just be taxing taxing on the body and on the mind. So this time that you take afterwards helps both of you return to reality and to normalcy. It kind of just brings it down back to the level it was before the session started. Aftercare can involve things like removing bindings, getting your partner something to eat or drink. If you've had a particularly long session that has been physically taxing then their blood sugar could be low and they'll need something to eat or drink to bring them back down to normal. It can just also involve kissing, caressing, saying sweet things to each other, all of this is lacking from the Fifty Shades franchise and to me personally the BDSM that the writer has presented to the world actually reads more like abuse than mutual sexual exploration but again that's that's just my opinion. Some of you may be out there thinking that BDSM is all about gimp suits and ball gags But if you've ever tied a partner up with a pair of novelty handcuffs or even just enjoyed a bit of cheeky slapping, you've already dipped your toe in the waters. BDSM is a spectrum. At one end you have the softer acts, whereas at the opposite end you have the more hardcore acts. You can travel up the spectrum or you can stay on the part that suits you best. There are no rules to where you have to stay or how far you have to travel on this journey. It's completely personal. Another thing to remember is that BDSM doesn't always involve penetrative sex. Sometimes the act itself can be just as satisfying and fills the needs of both people who are playing together. Again, it's a matter of personal and sexual preference. BDSM is rooted in pleasure, with both parties wanting to please each other. Personally, I believe that couples within this community often have a more in-depth understanding of each other's boundaries comfort levels and sexual desires because they talk about it more mostly because these conversations have to happen before you want to engage in bdsm with anybody just to make sure that everyone is on the same page and that we all know when to stop and when to push a boundary it's all about communication let's take a closer look at each of the subsections of bdsm that i mentioned at the top of the show We'll start with domination and submission. This type of dynamic involves one person assuming the role of the dominant or dom and the other person taking the role of the submissive or sub. These roles can be limited strictly to the bedroom or can actually become part of everyday life for the couple. There's no rule book that says it has to stay in the bedroom. It's personal preference. It's what works for you. The relationship is centered around that unequal power dynamic that I discussed earlier on. The dom has the power, they lead, they guide, they protect. The sub who has given their power away obeys and pleases the dom. There doesn't always have to be sex in these sessions. For example, the dom can give commands that the sub follows and these commands could be something like wearing a specific outfit, getting uh, a meal together upon command, Obviously, it also can involve sex, with the dom maybe restraining or blindfolding the sub. The couple can also be switches, where they swap roles whenever they feel the urge. In my personal life, I always prefer to assume the role of the sub. I have tried being the dom um, in my personal life as well, but I've always felt more comfortable, more at home in the sub role. Um, There's something about not having to make decisions, just being told what to do, that really, really turns me on. But in a professional capacity, I'm happy to be the dom for somebody who wants that fantasy. A little tip that I can offer to anyone out there whose partner wants them to be the dom is to kind of create this alternative persona within you. So when you put on a certain outfit or you do uh, your makeup in a certain way, you're kind of stepping into the shoes of this madam, this extremely confident creature who knows exactly what they want exactly how they're going to get it and they know exactly how to get it from their submissive partner that's how I do it again it, you know it, it might come naturally to you but it's not something that um, came naturally to me when I first died out and there's there's no shame in feeling a bit silly either if it's your first time it's a learning curve and it might feel a bit strange or a bit silly but just go with it just go with it and see where it leads Effective communication is absolutely essential for a successful dom-sub relationship. If the communication isn't where it should be, it could lead to it being a very one-sided experience where only one party is enjoying it, or it could be an experience where neither parties are enjoying it. Just keep that acronym going in your head. Safe, sane, consensual. Just keep doing those temperature checks that we mentioned in the first episode. Both parties need to be asking themselves, am I enjoying it? If so, how can it be better? If I'm not enjoying it, what do I need to do to enjoy it? That could be bringing it back a touch, getting it down to a more comfortable level or stopping completely. If you're completely new to BDSM and you want to try out some DOM sub sessions, firstly talk about what it is that you want out of this session and be honest, be open. If you're looking to be the DOM, then I would start off by giving some commands Ask your sub to get into the positions that you want them to be in. Ask them to do simple tasks for you. Crawl to the bed, turn over and play with themselves. Before you go any further into doing things like bondage and discipline, really set the tone with your sub and make sure that they know what's expected from them. If on the flip side you are looking to assume the role of the sub, then simply follow your Dom's commands Obviously beforehand you will have had the conversation about what you are and are not willing to do. So follow those commands, get into the position they want you to, crawl to them, wear the sexiest outfit you've got, and once you're in that comfortable dynamic together then you can move on to things like bondage and discipline. This is a really nice way for a couple to explore this dom sub power dynamic further And add that extra layer of kink to any sessions that you have. Bondage will involve the dom restraining the sub. This can be with them being blindfolded or not. When the sub's restrained, it gives the dom full access to their body, enabling them to pleasure or punish freely. Now, you don't need to have Christian Grey's Red Room or Unlimited Funds to have a great experience. You can find things around the house that you can incorporate into any bondage and discipline sessions. So things like scarves or dressing gown cords can be used to restrain the sub quite nicely. If you don't have a scarf or a dressing gown tie then maybe you look at something like satin or silk rope. This is really versatile stuff plus it's quite soft on the skin as well so if you are starting out with this it might be an idea to get something that is more gentle, helps the sub to acclimatise to being restrained rather than being thrown straight at the deep end. If you both enjoy the experience of restraint, then you can invest in things like harnesses and cuffs, or look into things like shibari, which is a Japanese form of rope bondage. It's absolutely stunning to look at, but that is a more advanced technique. It's not something that you're going to be wanting to start off with at day one. A tip for you as well, if you don't have a headboard that you can attach something to, you can get under the mattress harnesses and restraints. So you would be restrained without having to be tied to the headboard because it's all underneath the mattress. The discipline element involves the Dom laying down rules that must be obeyed and when the sub disobeys, they are punished. The kind of discipline that's dispensed depends both on how experienced you are as a couple with discipline and your personal preference, it can involve spanking with an open hand, uh, whipping using a paddle, denying the sub-access to their own body, denying or prolonging orgasm, which is called edging, or playful nibbles and bites. Again, it's a spectrum. It's there for you to explore and decide what you do and what you don't like. So if you're newbies to this, maybe tie your sub up to the headboard using something you found around the house, like a scarf. If you want to try a bit of... Discipline. Don't go out and buy anything super expensive. You've got two hands and I'm sure you've got some wooden spoons in your kitchen cabinets downstairs. These are fine to start off with. Once you have worked out that this lifestyle, this experience is something you both enjoy, that's when you can start investing in things. Uh, There's no need to do it to start off with. If you and your partner decide that this is something that you want to explore more, that's when you can start to look at investing in things like Harnesses, paddles, specific lingerie, etc. To begin with, you don't need to do any of that. It's just about working out whether this dynamic, this relationship, these activities are something that you want to do. If you're with somebody who is not a BDSM novice and wants to share this world with you, they might have some very specific requests. This will be because they have had however many years of experience with previous partners or playmates and they have learned what it is that they like and what it is that they really like. For example, I've had some clients who look for the services of an escort because they have specific things that they like that they don't want to share with a partner or they feel like that partner might think they're weird or might not enjoy it so they they pay for it and there's absolutely no shame in that either. One particular client of mine really likes to be walked on with high heels, which is something I've never done before. And if I'm being honest with myself, I can barely walk in high heels on flat ground. So uh, <laughs> for about a week beforehand, I was practicing on cushion piles on my bedroom floor, which is quite different to an actual human being. He really likes the sensation. It's kind of taking a literal meaning to the phrase that you've been walked all over. And he loves it. And he's never really felt like he's been able to ask his wife for that. Uh, And I imagine if he got into another relationship and he came straight out with, please walk all over me, including my ballsack, that person, if they've never had um, a relationship that involves BDSM before, might be a little bit taken amack. So if your partner trusts you enough to open up this part of their lives to you, it might not be something that you want to do with them, which is fine. But make sure we don't shame anyone or judge anyone. You know, everyone has kinks, everyone has something that turns them on, and it wouldn't do for all the same. It'd be a very, very boring world. And you never know, your partner might ask you to walk on him, and you might feel like an absolute queen while you do it. <laughs> the final subsection of BDSN that I'm going to talk about is sadism and masochism. And I think this is often the most intimidating and misunderstood element for beginners. People outside of the community might perceive this particular part of BDSM as something other, something weird, something that that shouldn't happen between a couple who love each other. I can understand how from the outside that it would appear that way, but once you actually get into it and understand the psychology behind sadism and masochism, you kind of start to see that it is still rooted in pleasure it's not dirty or wrong it's something that you know many many people enjoy across the world so if it's not an element of bdsm that you want to explore or pursue that's absolutely fine but again don't pass judgment or shame anyone else who wants to try it so as i mentioned sadists and masochists derive sexual pleasure from the pain the former will inflict and the latter will receive the pain Typically it works that the Dom will be the sadist and the sub will be the masochist, but this isn't always the case if a couple um, switches. Sadists might enjoy things like degrading, humiliating, dishing out pain um, to their sub, while the masochist enjoys being at the receiving end of this. There's a broad spectrum of things that you can do with your partner such as nipple or clitoral clamps these are metal clamps that you attach to either the nipple or the clitoris and the idea is that uh, the pressure builds up for the longer that these are on so when you pull it off there's a rush of blood back to the area which can hurt but also feel really good at the same time there's also things like cock and ball torture wax play intense bondage which you may have seen if you watch bdsm porn an example of which is when the breasts are bound quite tight forced orgasms and spankings. There's, there's a lot more, but we could be here forever if I went through the entire the entire catalogue of uh, available punishments. As a couple, you can explore together what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, there's no hard and fast set of rules about what you should and shouldn't enjoy. Keep communicating, keep having these regular temperature checks and make sure that the aftercare starts once the session ends. I cannot stress how important aftercare is, particularly if you are exploring sadism and masochism together. Because there might be physical needs that need to be tended to, such as bruises or scratches, for example. The aftercare is important. Just a tip for you here as well. If you are a masochist, so the person who likes to receive the pain or humiliation, and you're looking to hire somebody to help you achieve this fantasy. You may think about hiring a professional dom or dominatrix rather than an escort. This isn't to say that you wouldn't have a good experience if you hired an escort. It's just that a dom and dominatrix are experts in what they do. That means you can get as, as much pleasure out of your playtime as possible because this is their job. They're there to humiliate and dish out punishment. So they, they're very good at it. This episode covers just the very basics of BDSM and I will be explaining um, some of the elements in more depth in future episodes. So keep an eye out for those. One thing that I did want to touch on regarding BDSM is that this type of sexual activity is not an excuse to abuse a partner. If there is no consent, then it shouldn't happen full stop. I'm only mentioning this because over the last... I'd say a year, there have been a few uh, international stories in the press where a person has used what's called the rough sex defence as a way to explain hurting a partner or even killing them. And this is absolutely not what BDSM is about. And I wouldn't want anyone to be afraid of not trying it because they've seen this in the news and think that's what it is, because it isn't. BDSM is based on trust, communication, informed consent, and aftercare. If all these things are present, then the experience is going to be fantastic. And remember, SSE, stay safe, sane and consensual. One of the things that I wanted to do with this show is to offer listeners advice if they get in touch with me and ask me about specific things. A listener did get in touch with me via Reddit for my first episode, letter A for anal. He wanted some advice about pegging Um, which if you've never heard it before, is where a woman uses a strap-on penis to engage in anal sex with a man. Um, He asked about prepping himself. What I mean by that is douching or washing himself out. And I think that would be uh, relevant to both a man and woman if they were concerned about this. He said he wanted to make sure that his partner had the best experience possible. And for him, that meant making sure that he was completely prepped beforehand. Now, there's nothing wrong with douching or giving yourself an enema before you have sex. Um, Personally, I don't think it's necessary. As long as you're showered or bathed beforehand and trim any body hair so there's no um, stragglers, we'll say, you should be absolutely fine. It's about personal preference, so don't be put off by douching just because I don't think it's a necessity. Um, If you feel like you need to do it before you engage in anal sex and that's absolutely fine just because i don't agree doesn't mean you shouldn't i would say that you should look online for some guidance on how to do it you know safe ways the most hygienic ways don't just go and sit on the garden hose (laughs) because you could do yourself an injury and then you won't be able to enjoy anal sex full stop so i've looked to my favorite trashy magazines to give you a second dilemma that i can throw my two cents in for We have a reader who has found out that her husband cross-dresses. She says, Recently my husband has asked me whether he can wear female clothes when we have sex, and I'm horrified. He says it's just a fetish that he wants to explore, but I'm worried he could be questioning his sexuality. Should I say no to stop it from going any further? Now, this dilemma's page has readers responding. They have a yes, you should stop it, and no, you should not stop it argument. I've read them both, and they both make good points, but one thing I want to say is cross-dressing doesn't automatically mean that you're gay or bisexual. It can simply be a fetish. Fetishes should not be ridiculed or judged. However, if you do want to explore a fetish that you haven't yet with your partner, then you need to sit down and have a frank conversation about it. Don't just suddenly go, oh, I want to wear your knickers in bed, because it's not going to go down very well unless your partner's had previous experience before if your partner listens and says no I'm not interested in trying that then you unfortunately have to take that answer maybe they'll change mind in the future but they might not and that's something that you have to consider if they say yes great Maybe not throwing them straight in the deep end, maybe introducing it to them slowly so that they can get the bearings a little bit. If it's new territory, you want to make sure that you're easing them in rather than just dropping them in the deep end and letting them fend for themselves. But again, there's nothing wrong with having a fetish. And again, it does not inform your sexuality. You can be a heterosexual, red-blooded male, but still like to cross-dress. They're not mutually exclusive. that's just my opinion let me know what you think so i hope you've enjoyed this week's episode please get in touch with me if you have any questions about bdsm i'd absolutely love to help you fulfill a fantasy you can find me on instagram at sexplanations uk and on twitter at sexplanations uk come back next week as we're moving on to the letter c stay safe and stay sexy